0: Good morning, everyone. Great to see you all this morning. I know It's a a little bit chilly in here this morning, isn't it? So I just wanted to give you a last opportunity. If you wanted to bunch up nearer to someone else, this is your chance. Your chance maybe to move away even if you wanted to, to another place. Your chance to sit close, get comfortable. Not too comfortable, though. I just thought what Sarah just brought was, um, it was profound, it was... I felt like God just going, yep, yeah, I'm going to speak about this this morning. I'm speaking about trusting God, and just, just very profound. And uh, just that, I just want you to picture that image again, a child on that climbing wall, that no matter what happens, if they fall, God's got them, God's got them. No matter where you are right now, no matter how you're feeling, whether you've had a great week or a terrible week. Know that as, if, as you're climbing the wall, God's got you. He's got you. I wonder, who do you trust the most in your life? Is there anyone that you trust? Do you find it easy to trust people? Or does it take a long time for you to really build up a relationship that you can really trust people? Would you consider yourself a trustworthy person? Do you find that people are honest and open with you? Do you struggle with the weight of carrying other people's pressures and pains? What about God, as we've already heard? What about God? Do you believe God to be trustworthy? Are you willing to place your life into his hands? I mean, not just your eternity and your salvation, but day to day life in his hands. Do you believe that he has ultimately your good in his heart and plans? Does God care about you and your life as an individual? What about the mess and the pain that you might find yourself in today? Is God big enough, trustworthy enough to care about your situation? This morning we're looking at the next part of the story of Daniel, and I believe that as we look at this part of uh, this story, this historical account, we find answers to some of those questions, that we find out about the character of God, that we find out primarily in this chapter about the trustworthiness of God. If you're new to us as a church or you've just been uh, coming the last few weeks, you might not be so familiar with the book of Daniel It's in the Old Testament of the Bible and it's a book about how God speaks through and uses a man, funny enough, with the name Daniel. Funny that. Daniel was an Israelite in exile. He had been taken to Babylon by King Nebuchadnezzar. He had then served under, great name by the way, Nebuchadnezzar, great name. He then served under Nebuchadnezzar's son, Belshazzar, not such a key name on that one. And as we looked at last week, Belshazzar then dies. And Darius, right at the end of chapter 5, Darius the Mede took over the kingdom. So this is the third ruler that Daniel has lived under in a foreign land. Each of them, Daniel has got his priorities in the right order. Honor God, then honor the king of the land that he's in. Firstly, honor God. Secondly, honor the king of the land that he's in. He's had times of eating different food in order to honor God first. He's had times where God's revealed dreams of great significance and the interpretations that speak of the king's downfall. And yet he's honored God first, then honored the king of the land that he's in. He's put God first. And God has honored Daniel, protected him, and used him powerfully. And so as we've looked at this story, and we'll continue looking at this fascinating book in the Bible, we've been looking at themes such as the sovereignty of God, that all things are in His hands, that He has power and authority over all situations. We've looked at how kingdoms and nations are started and ended in God's authority, but also how our individual lives are in His hands. That is he's able to work out all things in our lives for our good. Daniel ended up where he was because God led him. He led him there. God planned to use Daniel in that place. And so we come to Daniel chapter 6. If you've got a Bible, do you want to turn to Daniel and chapter 6? We're not going to read the whole thing this morning. Just to give you a, a bit of the background of the story, uh, and a bit of the story, and then we'll read a few verses uh, here and there. Daniel, in the early verses, he's been appointed as one of the three administrators for Darius the Mede to rule over the nations. He'd, uh, Darius actually really liked him. He was like, this, this guy's good. This guy's got it sorted, and so he planned to actually make him the ruler of all of Uh, the nation, that actually he would rule all of the satraps, all of the local rulers. He'd planned to promote him. And then we read this in verse 4, at this the administrators and the satraps tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel in his conduct of government affairs, but they were unable to do so. They could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent. And so they start to create this scheme. They're thinking, right, if, if Daniel's going to be made ruler of us, actually, we, we need to change this. We don't want Daniel in charge. We don't want Daniel ruling over us. And so they come up with this scheme. They, they go to Darius and they say, Darius, how about this? How about you make a new law that if anyone prays or worships any other God but you, then they get thrown into the lion's den? It's like, And by the way, we've all agreed it. All of us, administrators and satraps. And Darius is like, oh, okay, fine. Well, if you've all agreed it, I'll go along with it. Daniel was not involved in that conversation at all. Darius agrees, thinking that everyone's in this, thinks it's a good idea. And we read this in verse 10. Now, when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, He went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened toward Jerusalem. Three times a day, he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God just as he had done before. Just as he had done before. Daniel is aware of what's going on. He knows the consequences and he gets straight back down on his knees and starts praying again. Darius as we read on in the verses feels he suddenly he really likes daniel he suddenly becomes aware of this situation the satraps and the administrators approach him and say you've got to do something about this this daniel he's worshiping another god he's not worshiping you you need to do, you need to honor what you said you would do and darius feels he has to save face and so agrees regretfully to daniel's punishment And so in verse 16, it says, So the king gave the order, and they brought Daniel and threw him into the lion's den. The king said to Daniel, May your God, whom you serve continually, rescue you. And skip down to verse 19. At the first light of dawn, the king got up and hurried to the lion's den. When he came near the den, he called to Daniel in an anguished voice, Daniel, servant of the living God. Has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to rescue you from the lions? Daniel answered, May the king live forever. My God sent his angel, and he shut the mouths of the lions. They have not hurt me, because I was found innocent in his sight. Nor have I ever done any wrong before you, your majesty the king was overjoyed and gave orders to lift Daniel out of the den. And when Daniel was lifted from the den, no wound was found on him because he had trusted in his God. At the king's command, the men who had falsely accused Daniel were brought in and thrown into the lion's den, along with their wives and children. And before they reached the floor of the den, the lions overpowered them and crushed all their bones. Then King Darius wrote to all the nations... And peoples of every language in all the earth, may you prosper greatly. I issue a decree that in every part of my kingdom, people must fear and reverence the God of Daniel. For he is the living God, and he endures forever. His kingdom will not be destroyed. His dominion will never end. He rescues and he saves. He performs signs and wonders in the heavens and on the earth. He has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. So Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius and the reign of Cyrus, the Persian. This morning, I want to look at three points. I want to look how we should trust God through prayer. I want to look at how we trust God when accusation and danger comes and I want to look at how we trust God for his glory let me pray father we thank you that you are already speaking to us this morning we thank you that you care about us Lord God and Lord you don't want us to remain the same today as we did yesterday God you have plans to change us and mold us make us more like your son Jesus Thank you, Lord God, you want to do us good. Thank you, Lord, you have good plans for us as a church here in Alton, Lord God, that you want to build your church and nothing can stop you. Lord, we praise you. We lift your name up, Lord God. We say, come and speak this morning, Lord God. I pray, use the words that I use, Lord God. We pray as we read your word and continue to read, Lord God, we pray, Lord, come and speak through it. Come and speak through it. Lord, we're desperate. We're in need of you, Lord, this morning. We're in need of a fresh touch from you, Lord God. We're in need of hearing your voice, Lord God. We don't want to remain the same, Lord God. We want to continue to grow, continue, Lord God, to be all that you've made us to be. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. This is one of the stories in the Bible which you read and you just go, wow, did that, did that really happen? It's one of those which if you've grown up in a church, you'll be so familiar with it's kind of one of those which kind of almost just goes over your head and like oh yeah Daniel and the lion's den it's like it's no big deal is it it's like no 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 read it again Daniel's in a lion's den he's in a den full of lions and he's rescued it's like how how on earth I, I went to uh, South Africa for a year and I went to this uh, this park where there were lions and uh, there was cage they were in big cages and uh, I wouldn't even go near the cage to put my hand in there. I wouldn't go near it thinking just like, you know, lions can do dangerous things. They can do very dangerous things to you. Daniel's in a pit full of lions, and he gets rescued. It's God's provision. provision. It's his incredible rescue of his life. It's one of those moments where you're just thinking, but God, but God. If, If it wasn't for God... This would never happen. We'd never even read about it. But God. There's no other way. No other way that Daniel comes out of that situation. But God. And so I want to encourage each of us this morning to put our trust in God afresh. To trust him that he is sovereign. That he is in control. That we can entrust our lives into his hands. Whatever den we might find ourselves in today... Or this year. Firstly then, trust God through prayer. Prayer should not be underestimated. I wonder if you were told that if you were to carry on praying to God or if you were to be found praying by anyone else, that you would be killed by lions or thrown into prison or just killed anyway, let alone lions. How would you respond? If you were told, if you are seen to be praying anymore, You'll be killed. How would you respond? Perhaps you'd head out to a field someplace where you thought no one was watching you. I'll be all right in the fields. I'll head out to the Batstones fields. Lovely. No one in sight. That will be great. Perhaps you'd lock yourself in a cupboard. If the door's shut, no one can see me. I'll be, I can pray in the cupboard. Or shut the curtains so that no one can see through the windows to create some privacy. Perhaps you'd think... I'm just going to pray in my head. Ah, yeah, I thought about this. I'm going to pray in my head no one would ever know. God knows my thoughts, right? Or maybe you'd even think, well, it's fine. It's no big loss in my life, actually. Perhaps it wouldn't be a sacrifice at all for you to make. As we read in this story, prayer isn't just a slightly important thing to Daniel. It's his healthy habit it's his routine, it's his substance, it's his reliance. That it wasn't just an inside the head thing, it was an outward action of his heart. That it was mind, body and soul all uniting to fix on God. Daniel was living in another culture, in a place where his customs, his food, his way of living and pretty much everything else wasn't accepted. His relationship with God though was the one thing that meant more to him than anything else. That's where he found his joy and contentment. If your family, your health, or your job was taken from you, if you lost your friends, moved to a new country and learned to speak a new language, would God be enough for you? Daniel had learned that his real strength was found in God, was found praying with God. And so when his life's on the line, his reputation and job is on the line because of his faith, he sees it as no option. Of course he's going to carry on praying. How could he even do his job? How could he even live with himself if he didn't find strength in his God? Daniel trusted God in prayer. He discovered that was his point of call. Three times a day, He'd get down on his knees and pray. Three times a day, he'd be intentional about looking to God for his strength, about worshipping and thanking God for his daily needs met. Habits can make us and habits can break us. What habits do you have in your life? Is prayer a habit for each of us? It was for Daniel. He didn't break it no matter what the cost Verse 10 says, just as he had done before. Just as he had done before. Nothing changes for Daniel. Threats come, nothing changes. Threats may rise, but prayer remains the answer. Prayer remains for Daniel, the place to encounter God, to know peace in this situation, to persevere. We had a great time last week at the half night of prayer. I believe God stirred something in us as a church, let me encourage us. Let's pray more. Let's pray for more. Let's enjoy what God's doing in us. More times of coming together encountering God. More times of prophesying over each other. More times of seeing God's hand changing situations in our lives. The way that we're going to see God changing us, satisfying us the way that we're going to see God reaching the town and seeing our neighbours and friends saved, seeing the sick healed, and much more. It all starts with prayer. All starts with putting our trust in God. Prayer recognises our weakness. You might think, well, why on earth would I want to pray if it recognises my own weakness, if it makes me look weak? Because when you compare yourself to God... When you compare yourself to the God of creation, when you compare yourself with the God who sustains our very being, that as we breathe in and breathe out, God is allowing us to do that. He's sustaining the very bodies we have. That the very reason you are here this morning is because God allows it. When we realize the strength and power and might of God, we realize our need of God is our greatest need. Daniel trusts God through prayer. He believes that his relationship with God, his prayers to God matter more than his life itself. It appears so radical, and it is. He wasn't going to go into hiding. He knew his prayers mattered to God, and his life was in his hands. And so he trusted God in prayer. Friends, we can too. For some of you, maybe you're here this morning, you wonder, well, where do I even start? When it comes to prayer, I mean, I, I see other people praying. I'm just like, I can't pray like that. Where do I start in prayer? How do I grow in prayer? Here's three ways. Firstly, start praying. Just start. Put time in your day. Speak your heart out to God. It doesn't matter whether you stutter over your words, mumble them out. Just pray. Just pray. Tell God what you love about him. Tell him what's going on in your day. Share about your needs and the needs of others. Recognize where you failed and ask for forgiveness. Just pray. Just start. Secondly, find someone you can learn from. I, when I was about 15, I, I had a youth leader who I just I loved and I just respected greatly. And uh, his name was Nick. And I, I went to him. I said, Nick, can I, um, can I ask a favor of you? He's like, yeah, yeah, anything, Nathan. I was like... How do you pray? Like, teach, how do you pray? He's like, well, come and join me, 7 o'clock, each Wednesday morning, and we'll pray together. And so I'd go down to uh, where his office was, and I, and I prayed with him. Every, every Wednesday, 7 o'clock, it was horrid. It was horrid, getting up that early as a teenager. to go. But I learned. Often I'll just sit there just listening to him and going, yeah, I agree with that, amen, yeah. And he, he, just, he taught me how to pray by just being around him. In fact, one time, I remember coming in, and, uh, and he said to me, uh, what's wrong? I was like, no, nothing's wrong, nothing's wrong. He's like, no, what's wrong? He's like, well, I've just had a bit of an argument with my brother. He's like, okay, well, you wait in here, sort that out with God first, and then come and join me and pray. I was like, oh, all right, I need to deal with things in my heart first, and, and then go and pray. And he taught me how to pray just by being around him. Find someone you can learn from. Ask to sit next to him on a Sunday or at a prayer meeting. Meet up midweek with them. Just learn from them or position yourself near them if you're not brave enough to ask them. Come and pray with us on our Sunday before we meet together in this situation. We meet and pray out in the cafe at 10 o'clock. I've grown in prayer through being around other prayers. I admire and I catch something off them. You can do the same. Thirdly, make it a habit. In good times, in hard times, in mediocre times, in your workplace, in your home, when traveling, when stopping, when with others, when alone, in small chunks or big chunks, make it a habit. Daniel made it a habit. He was intentional. It's not that we need to go, right, I need to get down on my knees and pray for us. three times a day. Three no, no, it's not about that. It's about making it a habit. About every situation. What's going on today? Oh, I'm going around someone's for lunch. Oh, I'm going to pray for them. Oh, today I'm, I need to go to work and I've got this going on at work. Oh, Lord, help me in this. Oh, I, My brother's just called me and he said he's got great news. Great, I'm going to praise God because my brother's called me and given me great news. Whatever it is, make it a habit. Every situation, we want to pray. Come before God. Paul writes in 1 Thessalonians 15, oh, sorry, 5 verse 17, Pray constantly. Pray constantly. How do you declare your trust in God in every situation? Pray. Daniel trusted God through prayer, and we can too. It's a gift from God that he has graciously given us to rely on him and draw strength from him. What a good God we have. Turn to the person next to you and say, you can trust God. Secondly then, trust God when accusation and danger come. I wonder if you've ever had false accusations made against you. Or like Daniel, known schemes made in order to bring you down by others. It's not nice. People may, maybe you've trusted suddenly speaking lies about you or determined to bring you down. I know what it feels like. I've experienced it where people I've trusted have suddenly looked to turn on me and try to bring me down. False accusations. I wonder if you've known that in the workplace. I wonder if you've known that around your friends or family. I'm sure many of us have experienced something similar. Maybe not to the extreme, though, of Daniel. Daniel had experienced God rescuing him before. He'd experienced his rescue already in his life. He'd seen God provide strength from a different diet from everyone else in Daniel chapter 1. He'd seen him rescue his friends Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego from the furnace. He'd known his reputation among kings grow because of his service and dedication to God. And so the fresh accusations, with fresh opposition, Daniel's able to trust God. Friends, in this world, there is an accuser. The father of lies, the enemy. Jesus spoke of him in John 8, saying, He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Friends, we do not live in a world without opposition. The enemy wants to lie to you, lie to you of where you can find your worth, Find it in this job, find it in this person, find it in this success or this failure. He wants us to find our identity in anything other than God, in anything other than as loved children of God. The Holy Spirit comes to tell us that we are accepted, we're loved, we're forgiven, we're children of the living God. I loved what the band did earlier, just reading those different scriptures of truth. We're loved, we're children, each of our Our need for the Holy Spirit is great. We need the reassurance of who we are. We need the power from the Holy Spirit to live for God. We need his power to share him boldly, to share the gospel, the good news of Jesus with others boldly. The enemy wants us to lose faith in God, to put our trust in ourselves, to put our trust in other things. Daniel trusted God despite accusations And God delivers him from the hand of lions. As accusations may come from the enemy, as people falsely accuse or trick us, dangers will also come. It's encouraging this point, isn't it? Are you feeling encouraged right now? Here's the reality though, friends. The Christian walk, the life of following Jesus involves danger. It involves battles against an enemy. You can read how we're equipped how we're to arm ourselves against the enemy's attacks in Ephesians 6. Please read it. Please read it. Pray that God would arm us as individuals and us as a church against the enemy's attacks. The Christian walk also involves hardships. It's getting better, isn't it? As Christians, we're not made for a simple, easy, comfortable English life. We're made for so much more. Do you know that you are made for so much more? We're made to battle with Jesus against the enemy. We're called to be different from the world, in the world, but not of it, says John 17. We're called to be like stars that shine, Philippians 2.15, shining brightly the glorious image of God in us. Eternity worshiping and enjoying Jesus is our resting place. This life is our preparation. It's our refining. It's our opportunity to extend God's kingdom here on earth. Some of us this morning will be feeling right now that life is just plain hard. Maybe you're sick. Maybe you've lost someone close to you recently. Perhaps you've lost your job. Or things in your family are hard. Perhaps you're lonely or feeling stressed with work. Daniel could be forgiven for thinking that he was in one of those times. How many times had he trusted God, and yet he found himself again under attack, finds himself again facing danger, and at the end of his life. Friends, Daniel spent his entire, almost his entire life, living in exile, living in a place he probably didn't really want to be, facing trial after trial, living in a culture that didn't accept his God, and yet he remained faithful. Trusting God in every high and low. Believing God to be his defense, his protector. Daniel's name means God is my judge. And Daniel lived that name out, letting God judge him. Letting God protect and look after him. Letting God handle the big things that he faced in his life. What does that mean for us, though? You might be thinking, Nathan, that sounds, that sounds all right. Yeah, that sounds good. But what does it mean? As we face accusations, as, we, as people attack maybe our faith or bring us down because of our love for following the Bible and God's ways, what can we rely on? You can rely on this. God stands in your defense. God is our judge. God is over us. God is protecting us. Our lives are in His hands. They are for Him. They are for, our lives are in His hands and they're for Him. At His judgment, one John two verse one says that for those who trust in Jesus, those who believe and follow Him, they have an advocate, one who stands in their defence. Friend says, God closed the mouth, the mouths of the lions before Daniel. In Jesus, the mouth of the accusers, the mouth of the enemies, lies against you is also closed. Jesus stands in your defence. For those who accepted Jesus as their Savior and Lord, you are loved because of Christ. You are cherished because of Christ. You are accepted because of Christ. You are forgiven because of Christ. You are valuable because of Christ. You are defended because of Christ. You are spoken for because of Christ. Hebrews talks about how the blood of Jesus speaks on our behalf. Punishment dealt with already. Penalty paid, sins forgiven. The jaws of the enemy cannot hurt you because they've been shut by the Lord. Jesus' blood stands in our defense. When an enemy accuses you, throws lies, tells you you're worthless, how God could never accept us or forgive us, Jesus' blood stands in our defense. We're forgiven. Friends, trust God this morning for forgiveness. If you've repented, if you've placed your trust entirely in Jesus, he stands in the way of all your accusations. You're accepted because of the blood of Jesus. It speaks a better word than any accusation. It speaks of the matter being dealt with, finished, already paid for and sorted out. It means in every trial, in every accusation, in every danger that we face, we already know the end of the story. We know that the lions don't open their mouths against us. We know God protects us and leads us through. Do you feel you're in the lion's den this morning? God will bring you through. Jesus stands in your defense. Daniel was able to trust God. Trust God through the dangers you're in today, through the accusations you face today. Thirdly, trust God for his glory. Amazingly, it seems that Darius was able to trust this God too. He was able to trust Daniel's God too. He, his hope was that Daniel would be rescued by his God. He had a sleepless night the night before, wondering, and waiting has something happened? Is Daniel still alive? I don't know how that could happen, but is he still alive? And he's up at first thing in the morning with just a small hope that Daniel could somehow still be alive. I don't know if you've ever chatted with a friend who doesn't believe in Jesus, who suddenly makes a comment like this. They suddenly say, do you think you could ask your God to maybe heal me? Or do you think you could ask your God to do this? There's just like this small hope in them, a small little faith that maybe actually your God... Does exist. Maybe your God can answer prayer. I've heard stories about how God answers prayer. Does he actually does he will he do it for me? This is a bit like that sort of situation. Darius is there going, Daniel, ask your God. I've heard stories about how he's done things before. Ask your God to rescue you. Darius experiences the power and might of God as Daniel is rescued from the lions. And he bursts in to praise and glorify God. Friends, trust God. Trust God. Trust Him that He is working all things out for your good. And He's also working out all things for the great advancement of His kingdom, for the sake of others. Bring your questions to God, your frustrations to God in prayer. Bring your struggles and heartaches. Bring them all to the God who is working all things together for our good and his glory. He is God. He is the Lord. He is our creator, not us, his. He is the one with power and authority. It's our lives in his hands, not God in our hands. It's not like a genie in a bottle. He is the sovereign God, the one who moves us to where his plans for us are to be. And he draws others to himself. Daniel was there thrown into the danger and trial that Darius might see the power and glory of God. What danger are you in right now? What trial is your friend or family member in? Perhaps God is using it that he might draw others to himself through this situation. Perhaps he's using it to display his glory to others. Perhaps as you trust God, as you put your trust in Him, no matter what harm may come your way, even death, it will lead others to worship God. I've seen friends of mine come to trust God when a family member dies. I've seen people come to give glory only when everything in their life has been taken from them. And they don't regret it one bit. It's led them to a place of glorifying God. God can use the most extraordinary ways in order to bring us closer to Him. And that is His biggest desire for each of us, that we would know Him, that we would draw near to Him. That our town, that the villages that are surrounded by us, that we would draw near to our Father in heaven. Know and enjoy and trust Him. I just want to read the end of uh, these verses again in chapter 6. Darius says, I issue a decree that in every part of my kingdom, people must fear and reverence the God of Daniel. For he is the living God and he endures forever. His kingdom will not be destroyed, his dominion will never end. He rescues and he saves. He performs signs and wonders in the heavens and on the earth. He has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. Trust God through prayer. Trust God through when accusations and dangers come and trust God for his glory. Friends, you can trust that God is good. You can trust him with your family. You can trust him with your finances. You can trust him with your situation. You can trust him with the dangers that you're in. You can trust him in your frustrations. You can trust him in your health. It may not work out the way you expect. You may end up in a lion's den, but you can trust him that God's good and he's working out all these things for our good and for his glory. He cares for you. He cares about you. He wants to grow you and grow your trust in him. Do you need God's help to trust him? Do you want to trust God more? Do you need your eyes lifting to trust God for his glory again? Do you want to grow in trusting God in prayer? Do you need to trust in the blood of Jesus to stand in your defense, to know complete forgiveness today? In a moment, I'm going to ask everyone to stand. But if any of those questions... You respond with, yes, we'd love to pray for you. Not to embarrass you, we want to pray with you because we just want to pray God's blessing on you. Whether you're leading ministries in this church or whether this is is your first time here, we'd love to pray for you. Why don't we stand to our feet? Bands, would you come up? We're going to sing a song in just a moment. Let me ask you those questions again Do you need God's help? to trust Him? Do you want to trust God more in your life? Do you need your eyes lifting to trust God for His glory? Do you want to grow in trusting God in prayer? Do you need to trust in the blood of Jesus to stand in your defense, to know complete forgiveness today? We're going to sing and declare our trust in Jesus. We're going to declare our trust in the blood of Jesus being enough for us. And as we sing, I want to invite you. Come forward. Come forward. Everyone's going to be focusing on the screens and worshipping. Not going to be focused on you. Come forward. We'd love to pray for you. And if if you're someone who just got other things going on as well, I'd just love someone to pray for me. Maybe it's got something nothing to do with what we've just been looking at this morning. Come forward. We would love to pray for you. Pray God's blessing on you. Christine.